0: our sponsor dog overboard adamstown the fun and healthy place for dogs pet chat on your pet friendly radio station Two in your rfm 103.7
1: oh my goodness it's so good to be back and doing this amazing program we're talking pet chat welcome cheryl shaw and david tabrett hello to you both hello sarah g'day sarah Look, we've got an exciting uh, show today. Cheryl, you're looking at something that's pretty essential, an essential item if you're a dog owner. That's right. We're going to be talking about dog leads, the long, the short and the dangers, Sarah. Oh, good one. Funny you should say that. I only lost mine the other day. And, David, what are you chatting about?
0: The colour of pain. The colour of pain. Pain, yes. It's got to be red, right? Now, Cheryl, we're talking
1: about one of those essential items uh, if you own a dog. We're talking about dog leads.
2: Now, people may think that's quite simple but there's actually a lot to having a dog lead isn't there that's right the choice is really important you've got to make sure you've got the right lead for the type of dog you have and avoid using the leads that are dangerous
1: ah because there are some i hate those leads that you can have them retractable ones yes i don't trust myself i'm scared that you know i'm going to have it on the wrong setting and gizmo will run out into the traffic oh lots of dangers can happen yeah
2: dangers yep okay so what do we need to do and think about if we're Getting a dog lead Okay, okay. so we start off with our puppy or our small breed dog You've got to make sure that that lead isn't too long for the dog And that it's really lightweight And also the hardware that's on the dog So the little clasp that goes onto the dog's collar but that's not heavy because if it is heavy, it's going to alter the dog's body position and the dog will have a different posture and that can sometimes be interpreted as a, from another dog as being um, a, a sign that there could be trouble ahead. Oh, okay. Okay, so that's really important. Now, obviously, if you've got a large breed dog, you need to buy a lead that's going to be substantial, that the dog isn't going to snap or it's not going to have a problem. So, you, again, size is going to matter for that dog as to the choice of lead and there's so many many different types of leashes on the market everything from nylons through to to plaited to braided to soft handles there's breed specific um leads for say staffies saint bernards all of those sort of things and then you go right through to the show leads the slip leads lots of different choices yeah but the two that i say please don't get are the chain leads now chain leads uh, and they're the choker ones
1: the chain ones yeah but
2: also the chain length and a lot of people buy the chain lead because they think oh my dog's a chewer it chews at the lead things like that but what can happen to the dog is if the dog does chew on its lead and it's a chain lead it can actually snap their teeth so they can get their tooth caught in the chain link and snap off one of their teeth so obviously then you're going to have to go off to your vet and have that dental yeah, work expensive done. yeah the other thing is the safety for you your hands because those chains if you grab hold of it with your with one of your hands and the dog pulls the chain will pull through your hand and can do quite a lot of damage particularly on your fingers so they're really not suitable and the other thing the message doesn't get through to the dog of what you want it to do. So they're no good for training whatsoever. Okay. Because the message gets lost in the link. So the little links, as they fold, the message doesn't get through to the dog. So normally on the end of the leash, you send a message from your hand to the dog's collar of, you know, making it stop or go forward. It just gets lost in the chain lead. Oh, okay. so they they're in the dark as to
1: what you actually want them
2: to, to do. do yeah absolutely the other thing you no, know, those retractable leads and i was so glad when i was speaking with you both earlier that you don't like the retractable oh. leads because they're a pet hate of mine i they don't really trust are. myself with them is the biggest thing yeah look the, i call them like a shoestring on a coil and at any time that shoestring can just snap and what happens with these people don't realize they think oh they're given their dog a freedom to go forward mm. and to to get it you know a bit around and, and take in the environment but the problem is that in that environment there can be things like you know prams other people other dogs um, obstacles that the dog gets wrapped around you know kids on bikes and things and if the dog's way out in front there's no way an owner can retract that lead mm. quickly yes. enough to avoid danger The other problem is that on these leads, often dogs, when they go to the park, they're really excited and, you know, they're having an outing. They arrive at the park and they're pulling, running straight, you know, fast as they can into the park. Then they meet another dog. Well, when a dog is running full pelt and, you know, dragging its owner along, another dog in the park can actually see that dog's body um, posture and think that it's running to attack. So you can end up with a dog fight just because of the posture of the dog. So it often happens at parks, the dog's way out in front of the owner, another dog arcs up at it. So it's something that you need to be very, very aware of when you've got these retractable leads. Sure. Um, with, with the retractable lead, the problem is too that um, if you try to pull it back sometimes they can continue going if the, the mechanics fail. Yeah,
0: mm. that's what I always worry about. Yeah. I've seen that a lot. Yeah. Do you yeah. see
1: any accidents through these leads, David? Like, do, do you see any issues um, come through as a result of these leads? Not
0: so not so much the lead, like getting caught, but they are a rather thin uh, cord, yep. which potentially could cause injury to legs. But it's actually, I think, the separation of the dog from the owner.
1: Yes, mm. yep.
0: That... You don't even though they're connected to you through the lead you don't actually have control, yeah, and so, as uh, Cheryl was just saying, it's actually you know doesn't reduce the risk of dog fights, for instance,
1: yeah, yep, you mm-hmm. know
0: and um and absolutely agree about the retraction uh mechanics. Like, yeah. I've seen a lot of those where, you know, maybe they're a little bit older or they've been put under pressure. They just don't work.
2: Yeah, okay. And, and lo- also the cords can snap too, David, mm. which is another problem. Yeah. You know, those those strings, it doesn't take much wear and tear. You know, retracting it in and out and suddenly it's mm. frayed and the owner's not aware of it, mm. boom, they're gone. And so mm. that, again, you've got a dog that's either going to run away or get into other dangers. But with those cords, sometimes when they're running through your finger, on, on the internet you can see such graphic photographs of of, you know there's actual amputation of fingers all sorts of things it's quite horrific to to view but those things happen so you know when you've got that cord running through your your hand or if it wraps around your legs you know or somebody else's legs that's a really big issue that they can do a lot of damage so you know there can be the the rope burn or the the actual cutting or the abrasion
1: so, Cheryl, is the harness the way to go these days? Because, you know, back in the day, it used to be a bit of rope, tie around the collar, <laughs> off you go, you're set. But um,
2: obviously, we don't put it around the necks anymore. It, it is the harness situation. Harnesses, there's two, there's two things with harnesses. Some dogs will adapt very quickly and wear a harness and they won't pull. Other dogs, just like with a retractable lead, learn to pull. So they actually learn when their harness goes on that they pull with their chest, so they're moving forward, mm. pulling. So it just right. depends... On the type of dog or the breed of dog that you have, it's actual strength, so it's getting back to that, you know, the size of the dog, the lead does matter. Also, with the harness, they'll just pull the owner. And, I mean, a dog that's pulling isn't a joy to walk, so owners often go, oh, it's just too hard.
1: And and then you go
2: back to the old, the collar around the neck, is that right?
0: Well, actually, this is... uh, I remember when I was in GP days, we used to see this a lot. People would get... uh, There was a phase where um, the arctic breeds were very popular yeah Mm -hmm. okay your um huskies and malamutes and so on and i remember seeing so many adolescent dogs come in at 12 months of age and owners go i can't walk him and i'd look at him and say well you've got a harness on him yeah i was told that'd be good and i said but they're sled dogs
1: Mm. yeah that's their whole job (laughs) their their
0: job is (laughs) to pull something So we would switch over, not to a neck collar, but to a halty or a gentle leader, which sits around the muzzle.
1: Oh, okay. And it
0: actually exerts gentle pressure on the bridge of the nose and on the back of the head.
1: Oh, right. And that
0: is a much better way to yeah. direct... A- uh, dog
1: because they feel like they're leading a sled. It's kind of
0: like a horse. Yes, right? Yeah, horse you wouldn't put a, you wouldn't put a harness on a horse and think now I can <laughs> get him to go wherever I want. Yeah, you control them with the head and yeah. it works the same way.
2: Yeah. Okay, all of my dogs were a gentle leader because it is go. it is very gentle. Okay, and yep. those those sort of um, aspects of training make that you can go walking and even when I had four dogs, I could walk the four together because there was no pulling. They mm. would walk alongside. They can still bark. They can catch a ball. They can, yep. bark, you know, do so it you. You have more of control of them, But, though. yeah, it just takes that pulling behaviour away. So, yeah, so it, it is important to make sure that you've got the right sort of um, thing. The other thing is when you are out walking with your dog, it's really important not to let dogs meet in each other's face and this is a really big problem with a lot of dogs they go up and owners are happy for them to be meeting some other dog but not all dogs want to meet and they certainly don't want to meet in each other's faces it's a bit like us our personal space is really important but if they meet nose to nose I have a saying that I stole from Pam Withers from the Delta Society and it goes nose to nose leads to blows but nose to bums leads to chums (laughs) So it really works. Whenever a dog wants Going to, to meet... that for life. Yes, yes. Yeah. I'll try that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Work. <laughs> that works for people, doesn't it?
2: I don't think it does. Though, but <laughs> it might anyway. get you arrested. But, but we, don't, we don't really like anyone in our face, and neither yeah. do dogs, mm. because dogs actually go in a circular motion to meet each other. They actually move their body sort of a little bit sideways mm. to, to walk around. So if you've got two dogs meeting face-to-face, they're going to arc up. So when you're out walking, please try not to let the dogs, when they're on leash, meet each other. It's just a safer option. Okay, mm.
1: some really good advice there and some good thoughts if you are in the Market of going and getting a good lead to yes. walk your dog. And of course, it's something special to do with your dog. They love it. They do. Um, it's good for them, it's good for you. So, yeah, select so the right one and go happy walking. Excellent. We're talking pet chat and happy to take your calls on 49216216. We would love to hear from you today. Uh, when we come back, David, we're going to chat about pain and chronic pain. Mm-hmm. What colour is
0: pain? I know.
1: Oh, okay. Big one to discuss. Well,
0: yeah, I've got a colour chart right here. Do you? We're on radio, though, aren't we? Oh,
1: I can see it now. <laughs> of course. The camera probably can't pick it up because it's a That's special it, yeah. chart, but, That's, you know. It's yeah, in we my can head. See Hello, Noel. You're in Fern Bay, and you've got a question about dog leads, which we've been discussing today.
0: Yeah, well, I've got a, a harness on my dog, and he pulls like a train. Mm. Oh, <laughs> so I figured if I try something different... It might slow him up
2: a bit. What breed of dog do you have,
0: Noel? He's a spurtle, cock spaniel spurtle cross.
2: Yeah, you would probably probably find that one of those leaders on his face will really help a lot.
0: So where can I get them? Oh, look,
2: most pet pet shops have them.
0: And what are they called? A soft leader? There's there's a few
2: different types of head harnesses. So if you take Mm. your dog in, most places will fit them for you.
0: Yeah, they need no, to, they need that. to uh, they need to be fitted to your dog. I used to do a thing called an eight minute power steering lesson, where we can get them fitted and then do the eight minutes basically of training, and then the dog will almost work uh, perfectly on the yeah. do, on the lead. Yeah. We do that it's as well really because it's
2: it's really important to know how to fit them, how to adjust them, and also how to make sure your dog is walking with treats and things like that. So go and try that, Noel. I'm sure you'll be happy.
0: Oh, I think I'd get Dave to do it now. <laughs> <laughs> eight, eight minutes and it's done.
1: It's not bad, is it?
0: Yeah, we're done. <laughs> no worries, thanks, Dave. Thank thanks you. for your
1: call, Noel. And uh, phone lines free for your call. Four nine two one six two one six. Tell you what, it's just like getting a um, baby seat fitted these mm. days. You got to take him in and go through the lesson and make sure you know how to, you know, adjust them and have
2: them right. There's yeah. no point.
0: No point putting it on if it, if if you, if you do it incorrectly. It's actually. Yeah going to be as bad as yeah, not absolutely. doing it and it's
2: just that education, owners need to know how to do it, what, what makes the dog you know, want to walk with you properly otherwise they do these death rolls they're like crocodile rolls, <laughs> they go down on the ground and they throw themselves over or they rub between your legs trying to wipe it off, you know, there's a few little tricks to it. Mm. Okay, well we're going to go to the phones again to FM. hello, have you called for pet chat?
0: Uh, yeah, I've just got an Irish wolf found, um, she's four years old and she's just
1: recently started um, going to the toilet in our carport as opposed to the lawn where she normally went. Um, she's usually gone on the lawn like clockwork, so yeah. it's just a really weird change for her. But I was just wondering if there was any way of discouraging her from going there, uh, maybe like a type of plant or anything I could sort of do to stop her going in that particular spot.
0: Sure. Um, is this where she sleeps, though?
1: No, no, it isn't. Um, Okay. Yeah, it's just alongside the house. Yeah, it's a fair way from where she sleeps. Yeah,
0: just, she'd never been there before actually. So, mm. it's like going to the toilet there, so it's just a bit of a weird, a weird change. Yeah. Well, there's uh, two ways to look at it. I think. Um, well, three, I guess. The first thing is just to make sure we haven't uh, got a medical problem, like she's rushing to get to the toilet uh-huh. a- and using that space because she can't get to the grass, and that can uh-huh. that can happen with. Uh, you know urinary tract infections, that sort of thing, so um but then otherwise, I'd be thinking, well, okay, what's stopping her from going to the grass? You know, is mm-hmm. there something that she can see that's scaring her? Are there different okay. smells out there uh that could be or noises or you know it could be the neighbors uh painted the house or something, and there can be any any kind of thing that's stopping her, and then vice versa would be what's attracting her to the carport so okay. Again, are there smells there that maybe uh, ammonia-based kind of um, chemicals or something around might actually be more attractive? And so just looking at the those two elements is that what's stopping her from going to the yard, what's keeping her in there? Make sure all uh-huh. of those things are corrected first, so almost getting down to that dog's eye level and having yep. a look around and thinking and, you know, using your nose to smell out what might be causing that. And then, uh, well, not like a basset or a beagle like <laughs> in the ground but um, and then probably, as far as uh, how you might stop it in the future would either be to physically barricade or uh, with regards to chemicals, there are a number or cleaners there are a number of those um, that you can buy at pet shops and vets that would be suitable that uh, are supposed to eliminate or reduce the amount of odor because once dogs use an area for a toilet. They will keep going back there. Mm -hmm. So, there's a number of different ones. Um, Urinoff is one, I think. Anything with an enzymatic
2: breakdown. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So, okay, great.
1: Thanks, Gary. Good good luck with it. We're talking pet chat and taking your calls 49216216. Now, David, we're looking at chronic pain today Mm. and the colour Mm. of pain. This is a big one.
0: So, a lot of people come in with their pets and, um, you know, maybe for some other reason. And then we ask general questions and they say, oh, he's just slowing down, it's old age. Yep. And I've even had the circumstance where someone said, oh, he's not in pain, he's just limping. And I say, well, nice. that's kind of a definition of pain, actually. Yeah,
1: it's too sore for him to, <laughs> to put down <laughs> properly. Yeah,
0: to properly weight bear. Um, and we can often talk to people about how would you feel or, you know, if you're limping, does that mean you're in pain? But now we're... Uh, There is a blood test that's been released at a scientific meeting. might be out on the market in about two years. Oh. That uh, we can actually look at changes in immune cells that actually have changes in biomarkers, so the way that the cells are expressed and proteins and so on, that changes their colour, and that's associated with uh, different pain levels.
1: That's amazing.
0: I know. And now these tests were available but the problem is it took 48 hours to get the results so that's really not much use if you know you come in in some painful and we go well we'll get back to you in 48 hours so now they've developed this is really where the breakthrough is they've developed a bedside test or in our case we call it a cage side test so. <laughs> but that means we'll be able to take a blood sample and get the results you know pretty quickly so that we can then tailor the treatment for your pet so if you come in and say look my pet slowed down a bit my questions are well okay has it got arthritis maybe it's got heart disease maybe it's some form of dementia in the dog maybe there is pain there we'll run a blood test that's something that we can assess and also we can then track uh treatment progress you know is the treatment effective by looking at the color of these biomarkers at rechecks so it's a Huge advancement.
1: Sure is. Um,
0: Because really the big thing that happened for people was they found that uh, self-scoring systems are really probably the most accurate. Uh, When you ask people to do, they do what's called a visual analogue scale where they show you a series of faces from very, very upset to very, very happy uh, little icons like emoticons, yeah, yeah, and you pick where you are on that scale, okay, and that rates your pain. That's actually quite—that's uh, very effective, accurate. But of course, we can't get our dogs to do that. It's a shame. Mm. So you know, and also applies to um, in the human field things like babies, elderly people with dementia, and so on who can't express. Uh, where their pain level is at, so
1: but this will work for them as well.
0: Absolutely. Well, that's kind of where it started, to be honest. Yeah, right. But you know, us will
1: <laughs> you, you jumped on. We'll just ride, on the gravy train. ride
0: the gravy ride the coattails. Yeah. yeah. So, so I, what
1: colour is pain?
0: Well, I think it's gonna <clears throat> it's gonna come in a lot of different colours. Yeah. Um, obviously, we differentiate between acute pain and chronic pain. Um, and it it probably depends also on how the test is set up. You know, whether we get a red. I think that's got to be a colour, hasn't it? Of course. I
1: associate pain with red.
0: It's an alarm colour for us. Okay. Mm. So I'm really looking forward to this, and it's just marvellous when we think about the advancements in medicine and science and, you know, how it can provide for better care for all of us humans and for our pets
1: so you're saying in a couple of years we should be able to go and get this test for that's our, right for our loved ones so our pets
0: abso- yes
1: we've got moray from hamilton You've, your dog has the itches
2: yes he's been scratching for a oh, number of months i wouldn't even know how how many mm-hmm. um and nothing seems to be he's a covirtle he's two and a half so he's quite little uh, I don't know whether it's grasses or maybe something we're feeding him because I've asked a few different people and they sort of mentioned different foods.
0: And, mm. But
2: I don't know. what. What's your advice?
0: Is he on any medication?
2: None.
0: None? Okay. And how long has he been scratching for?
2: I would say months, but
0: it's got worse in the last couple of weeks. Mm, that's really interesting, isn't it? We've seen that quite a bit. Um, is there any particular part of his body that he's scratching or itching more than others? Uh,
2: sort of his back section, notice where he can reach <laughs> okay. no, nothing in particular he needs, and he hasn't uh, scratched off any fur or anything like that, but he just
0: does does scratch mm. well the, probably the first thing is because we always like to knock off the low hanging fruit and that is to make sure that we've got good flea control um, okay. even, you know, with the weather uh, Sarah was uh, giving us the weather report, it's just been unseasonably warm mm. And that's having a huge impact on the duration of the flea season. Um, And it also is actually just a warning for everybody. It's going to wreak havoc on us next spring, this, you know, later in the year, because the fleas are able to lay eggs later into the year and then they go into this quiescent period. So that's the first thing. We just need to make sure we've got a really good flea control. And there's a number of different products there. Um, Look, if you're using. If you said, oh, we're just using a shampoo or something like that, that's just not going to be good enough.
2: Even though he doesn't have fleas?
0: He doesn't have fleas that you can see. That I
2: can see,
0: okay. All right, and if you see one, he's got 100, and if he's got 100, he's got probably 10,000 eggs in the environment. Okay. Okay, the numbers are huge. They're enormous. Just be really alert. And the other thing about that is that um, once we start him on that treatment, for that or they make sure they're on something for that, then it means okay, if we're still itchy we can go looking at other things which are honestly are going to take longer to resolve, probably require more investigation, so Mm -hmm. gonna cost you a bit more and I'd hate to go down that path and then go, oh, you know what, maybe it was fleas. So yeah. that's why we always call it the low-hanging fruit there. Yep. And then the other thing is that um, a lot of these small-breed dogs we do see get around this age, they're kind of 18 months to two years, two and a half, yep. they start to develop allergic skin disease, which is called atopy. A-T-O-P-Y, okay. which is an inherited disease in dogs. It's a disorder of their immunoglobulins and their immune system. And It's an overreaction to things in the environment. So you were absolutely correct to think, you know, is it a grass or something? Oftentimes we actually find they're allergic to a number of different things. And the way we find that out is that we need to do some blood tests and possibly some skin tests to find out exactly what it is. And a lot of these dogs will be allergic to, you know, like five different types of plants and so on. As far as foods go, they're actually... They, they can get food allergies, but they're much less frequent. Okay. So oh. we always go down the, the skin contact or inhaled allergens. That can require a bit of work with your veterinarian mm-hmm. um, and oftentimes requires referral to a dermatologist for parts of the testing and so on. And there are treatments that can be quite effective for those. And, of course, the problem is two and a half years old, we don't want this to be going on for the next 10 years. No, I don't, no. And so an inherited disease, it's best to get on top of it now. So even though it's kind of coming into the cooler part of the year, we actually do see a lot of skin problems at this time.
1: Let's go to Terry. Uh, You've got a silky cross with watery eyes, Terry.
0: Yes, and it's absolutely terrible. It goes hard very quickly. Mm. And what we're doing is
2: cleaning it with uh, a warm water and a cloth, but it really sets like concrete. Is there anything we can do to stop that or to clean it?
0: There are actual cleaner solutions that can be used for eyes, um, Mm -hmm. and obviously you've got to be really careful. If you're doing it yourself, like mixing anything up at home, I would just say salty water. So that's one teaspoon of salt to a cup of boiled water that you've allowed to cool, yeah. And that gives around about the right concentration of salt, um, because as you know, like tears are a bit salty, yeah. Um, and the tissue in our body, including the surface of the eye, likes that saltiness rather yeah. rather than just plain water. Um, having said that, I just also want to caution about a few things. One is that we do see excessive tears associated with different eye diseases like we were yeah. saying with um uh with our last caller Murray, that um you can actually get uh, allergies can often show up with that you can get viral infections bacterial infections i've seen grass seeds in dogs eyes which come in and they just say oh he's just got a lot of tears and blinking um so looking for that redness in the white part of the eye is often a clue that it may be a diseased eye But at the same time, we do see, as I said, allergies. We also see dogs that just produce a lot of tears where they're not draining properly. So in the corner of the eye, in the middle corner of the eye, there's two little holes called puncta, P-U-N-C-T-A, that actually drain into the nasolacrimal duct, which then goes down into the nose. And in, in some breeds of dogs, this can actually get blocked. Um, Now that could be blocked because of their conformation and how they're born or it could be just from junk and gunk that gets down there. So sometimes I've actually had to flush those out and that can make a huge difference because then they'll actually start to drain. Um, As far as uh, cleaning them, as I said, if you're just using salty water, that probably is useful and warm, uh, warm cloth is useful. There are some specific cleaners, but... Just making sure there's no other health concerns. And um, unfortunately, some dogs just live with this for the rest of their life. Um. I've seen that quite a bit.
1: All right, we are taking your calls, having a quick look at the weather, all thanks to our sponsor, Snapfreeze Air Conditioning, your Dakin specialist. Enjoy this beautiful autumn weather. It's going to stay like this uh, and tomorrow, but getting much cooler for Friday and Saturday. Look, I think we've got time for one more call here today. We're going to go to David from Raymond Terrace. Thank you for waiting. Now, your three-year-old disex female dog gets a little overzealous with you. Uh,
2: yes, that's right. She... Um Enjoys humping my leg and
0: things. Oh, I was just wondering—is um, that okay, or should I discourage it? Like, I don't have a problem with it. Oh, yeah. it's uh, well. I mean, it's a little bit <laughs> unsocial at times. But um, the, the the thoughts on this have gone back and forth over the years. In in I remember when I went through in early days of working as a vet, it was seen to be a dominant action, and um, some of these dogs, they we thought, oh, they're showing their dominance over you. Now, that probably plays out some of the time, but at the other times we can have dogs that are just a very energetic dog and very excitable, and so they just express it in that way. Um, Some dogs, it's a kind of a social thing where they just really don't know how to act or interact. Um, So it's not necessarily malicious. It's not always a case of the dog trying to maintain control over you, but at the same time... It's probably something we need to discourage at least and something that's a bit more appropriate behaviour.
1: Can you replace it with uh, an Ugg boot? I had a I friend just... whose dog loved the Ugg boot.
0: As long as it's not your Ugg boot and no, your foot's not in one, it at get the time. A spare <laughs> <boot>. <laughs> That's
1: right.
0: But uh. it's, not, it's not as sinister as what we used to think it was. That's okay, kind of the just thing.
1: a little unsocial if you've got yeah. visitors and, you know.
0: Well... Yeah, Marvin's
1: going for it, and <laughs> you're sitting there. It's a little awkward, isn't it? It's, to be it honest. is. Yeah. yeah. Look, that's just about all we've got time for today for pet chat. Cheryl Shaw, David Tabret, thank you both for coming Thanks, in. Thanks, Charlie. Thank you. Look, we didn't get to chat about our dirty dogs competition, but head to our mm. website if you've got a dirty dog. We want to see pictures, and we'll we do, do a fantastic groom, won't we? Thanks we will. to Dog Overboard. That's about it for today. We'll be back next week.